Welcome to episode 187 of Manage the Wilds. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. When I was a kid growing up, I often heard this thing that uh, the Division of Wildlife or wildlife agencies were manipulating the success rate by coming in and doing some crazy things. They were using their ATVs, horses, and helicopters to drive the animals off. And it was often uh, said by those people who didn't tag out and they were just upset. And I've never seen that happen. What I have seen happen with the use of helicopters is multiple times during the winter, they're coming in and checking the vitals or getting data from deer and elk and pronghorn that have been collared, even moose, uh, bighorn sheep, as well as mountain goats. They're coming in and they're checking their information to see how much they weigh, how much body fat do they have. How healthy are they looking? They're getting samples from feces to see if there's parasites or viruses. They're checking for tick loads and lice. They're doing a whole bunch of things, and they'll do this a couple of times a year. So the only time that I've ever seen a helicopter possibly ruin somebody's hunt is in the early portion of the season when there's still things going on. Oftentimes, uh, a lot of the flights are done after um the season, but there are those uh, going into the hunting season when they're flying and they're getting that data. But they don't need to use helicopters, ATVs, and horses to run deer and elk and all those other animals off to manipulate how the success rate is. One, they're gonna they're gonna look at the hunters. They're gonna control the hunters in one of two ways. They're gonna Say we want limited number of tags or we want unlimited number of tags because there's already going to be a success rate, whether it's 30%, 25%, 20%. And then if you limit that, it puts it, uh, it's going to change it up. Uh, people tend to have higher success rate on limited entry areas because they think the animals are going to be bigger. And oftentimes they are bigger, but not necessarily. If you go from uh, unlimited area that just puts out a bunch of tags for a general unit and then all of a sudden the next year they go to a limited entry, uh, you're not going to have time to grow those animals the way you want to. So you can control how the hunt goes based upon the number of animals and how harvest is going. Another one you can look at is whether you can ta uh, bag a male or a female so in some hunts, you can go after a male, let's say that it's an elk spike hunt, but then because they're over objective, if you don't get your elk spike, you can then turn around and bag a cow. So they can manipulate it that way of how many animals are being taken. And then they can manipulate success rate based upon technology, whether it's archery, muzzleloader, or any weapon. And there are certain weapons that have a higher success rate than other weapons. And so they can manipulate those seasons then. And then we come down to the final one. One of the really big ways that they can manipulate this whole thing is the hunting season length, the timing, and the area. So in the area that I live in, the youth elk hunt happens right in the middle of the rut every year. It doesn't matter. It's just happening right in the middle of the rut. And it's only for youth to go in and to tag out on elk. And it just sucks if you're an archery hunter that you don't get to hunt that time. But this is one of the reasons why they're doing it is because they don't want the success rate 
to be too high in these areas. You don't want a 70 or 80% success rate, so they're manipulating it just a little bit. And then the time or the hunting season length. Uh, there have been some hunts where they open it up for five days. I don't know of any that are less than five days, but I know that there are hunts that are about five days. And that doesn't give you very much time. So if you have gone in and scouted, then things are going to go well for you. But if you're showing up on the opening day and then within five days hoping to tag out, that puts a lot of pressure on people. And oftentimes success rates are lower. And then depending on area, if you have a really prime unit that has a lot of animals and your season lengths are really long, but the only way to get in is on horses or hiking, uh, that's going to put a little bit of a damper on your success rate as well. Because uh, people often say they're committed when they're putting in for their hunts in February. But by the time it rolls around to September, October, how committed are you to putting in that 10 to 15 miles? So these are some of the different ways that they can manipulate the way you work with your animals, whether you're going to harvest or not. If you wanted high, high success rates, you're going to increase the season lengths. And then you're going to put it at the optimal timing. If you're trying to remove uh, bulls or bucks from an area because you're over population objective and your buck to doe ratio is super, super high, uh, generally you, you want it between 20 and 30. Um, some units, which are general, are going to be around that 15 to 25, and then you've got 25 to 35 for those prime. But let's say you're getting up higher. Uh, there's a unit that I'm aware of, involves a lot of private property, but you're you're between that 30, 35, 36 bucks per dose, and you're getting really high. You're going to have a lot of older animals. Uh, your winter die-off on your mature deer is going to be a lot higher. And so they can increase that season length and then they can put it in that optimal time when those bucks are going to be chasing those does and then also the area. Um, one biologist I was talking to, uh, we had a real challenging area that was causing a lot of problems and he needed hunters to get in there. So he created a month-long cow hunt and what they found out is the very first of the cow hunt, people hunted, and the very end, people hunted, and they couldn't get the success rate they needed. So instead of creating and making it even longer, they actually shortened their seasons to 14 days and 14 days. And what that did is people are more likely to hunt on shorter seasons because they're forced to versus that longer season. That's one of the arguments that people have with a multi-season tag where you go into archery, muzzleloader, and then rifle is people will often buy that tag, but they're not going to go out and pursue these animals until later and later and later. Uh, a lot of it around here is temperature-based. But then you're trying to reduce overcrowding, so they did this three-hunt uh, season. And what they found out was there was still crowding because the majority of the people were still going in during the rifle. 
And so this biologist, he shortened his up, his seasons, and he found that he had higher participation in the hunt as well as higher success rates because he did them every two weeks trying to reduce the amount of cow elk that were in this area. So the biologists, the wildlife divisions, they don't need to do anything necessarily crazy when it comes to success rate. They can change quite a few things. Let's say you've put, uh, you had a, a population of elk that was over objective. Uh, you were at 5,000 animals and you only need to be at 3,000. The biologists have worked for a few years with season dates in this area, uh, going after the cows, uh, making longer cow hunts, and they finally brought that population down. Now, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to cut tags because that's what their plans always cut for. So they're going to make it more limited. It's not a, just unlimited numbers, but there's definitely going to be a lot less people that have these tags. And then once they start getting that success rate and they cut down, then they can start messing around with the timing and the season lengths to get that harvest that they're looking for on these animals. Oftentimes, though, the challenges that you see, and there's just nothing that the biologists can do, is in these highly privatized areas. It is really difficult for people, for biologists, to get the harvest that they need on these animals. And these private areas, uh, these private units, end up being like a sink source situation where they have a lot of animals and they are pouring into other places. Some people really like that. Some people absolutely love when these units are overpopulated. Now, it's detrimental to habitat, but, but hunters who don't have access to that private can hunt the edges of these units and they'll get the spillover and they absolutely love it. And so if uh, you have a high uh, or your population is over objective in these private units, then you can do longer season dates along these, on the outside of these private units to get people in there to harvest some of the animals because they don't have access to the private. Now we're talking ranches with 30, 40, 50,000, even 300,000 acres that are private and they just don't allow access for one reason or another. Now, this is, they're going to hold a lot of animals. And so one of the best ways that you can reduce a population is to work with the number of hunters you can bring in on the outside, on the edges, as well as the season lengths and the different timings. Now, it is challenging, though, because once you look at the hunt calendar and realize if you were to map it out, all the hunts that are going on across any given state, uh, basically from August 1st all the way through January, you would be surprised at the amount of things that are going on. So you should ask your biologist or wildlife managers about it. How hard is it or easy is it to manipulate the hunts and change those different things? Oftentimes the ones that are e the easiest to manipulate are the ones where it's just limited time frame. Uh, you've got all your normal hunts going on, but you're bringing uh, a couple of hunts in around these urban areas, you can manipulate those a lot better. You can say, oh, we're putting an archery hunt in this agricultural area because we're worried about rifles and shotguns, so we're just going to do archery only, and then you can manipulate those times and those different things. So uh, I've never seen biologists doing crazy things, but what they can do, they can do in the office. So you should ask your biologist the areas that you hunt, what is their objective, how does things look, 
and what is success rate look like. That's what I got for you today. If you guys like the episode, go ahead and follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, let your friends know about the podcast. Have a great day. Stay wild.